welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. I am so glad to have you with us for this episode. Very fun. I've been looking forward to talking to this author for a while. For those of you who are new here, welcome. I'm so glad to have you along. I hope you enjoy the episode and all the terrific authors and topics that we have here. Please be sure to subscribe to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform so that you don't miss out on anything that we have going on here. If you're returning, thank you so much. I appreciate your loyalty and I appreciate you spreading the word about Christian Historical Fiction Talk. Don't forget that you can also find us over on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. So please go check out Christian Historical Fiction Talk on those platforms as well, and be sure to connect with us there. One last thing, if you hop over to my website, you will find some information on becoming a patron of the podcast. Please take a moment and consider supporting us. I would really, really appreciate that. All that information is there. Just click on one of the newer podcasts or click on this podcast and the information will be right up at the top of the show notes there. Well, I am so pleased to have Hannah Linder here. She has a brand new book out with Barber Publishing called Beneath His Silence, and you will hear me gushing about the title and how beautiful this book is in just a minute when we talk to her, but it is, and I am so thrilled for her. She's new to the world of traditional publishing, and not only that, but she got in with my publisher, and so we're part of the same family, and I am so beyond pleased to welcome Hannah Linder to the show with us. Welcome to the show today, Hannah. I am so pleased to have you with us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. You told me off air that this is your very first podcast, so it's really an honor and a thrill that we get to be the first to talk to you like this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited. Before we really get talking about your book, Beneath His Silence, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Hannah Linder, and I write Regency Romantic Suspense, and I also design book covers for a living, and I enjoy photography, I enjoy collecting historical clothing, I enjoy painting, I enjoy taking walks in the rain, and I also enjoy sitting on the front porch of my 1800s farmhouse, and I live in West Virginia. Wow, that's a lot of things that you enjoy. It's it's wonderful to hear somebody who enjoys life so much. That's just great. I think that's awesome. I definitely have a lot of hobbies. Your new book coming out with Barbara Publishing is Beneath a Silence. And we'll talk about the cover in a little bit because I thought the cover, I just think it's awesome. It's beautiful. I saw that. On social media, I saw that before anything else, it caught my eye, and I thought, I have to find out about the person who wrote this book. But before we get to that, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book first? Yeah, so Beneath the Silence is about a girl who her sister was murdered, and her father had tried for many years to try to prove that his daughter, the one that she had married, her husband, was the one that killed her, and he couldn't prove it, and he ended up dying. 
And so the next daughter, the middle daughter, goes out to try to prove that her sister's husband did, in fact, murder her. So she goes to his manor and pretends to be his governess to try to find the truth and destroy him for what he did to her sister. But she ends up falling in love with him, and she's not really sure if she's falling prey to him like her sister did. Wow, that sounds really interesting. What a neat premise. And I love romantic suspense. I've heard that this book, I've heard it called that it's a gothic style Regency romance. That's a big mouthful and sounds like a very super specific genre. Can you just explain what is gothic style Regency romance. Yeah. So gothic style is a lot of gothic style fiction. It has like a manor or a castle, kind of like the dark vibes. And so it's not a Regency that's like exactly like Jane Austen, you know. So it's kind of just a mixture of the two. Well, what an interesting mixture that is. And I've seen your picture and I'm hearing your voice now. You are young, you're very sweet looking. And so how in the world did you get into this gothic style? Like you said, it's sort of dark and creepy and you think fog over the moors and that kind of stuff. (laughs) How did you get interested in something like that? Well, when I started writing the novel, really that wasn't, I didn't have in my head, this is going to be a gothic style novel. It kind of just turned out that way really. And when I was younger, I would write a lot of stuff about murder and dark stuff. And I even had a lot of people tell me like, you are so morbid. <laughs> so I don't know that murder <laughs> and the dark side and all that. It's kind of always interest to me. So I think that's how it came to play. Very interesting. Let's get to that cover then. Like I said, I love that cover. It's the first thing that I noticed. It's what caught my eye right away, which is what a good cover is supposed to do. How did that come to be? How did you work with Barber Publishing and come up with that cover? So they actually let me design the cover, which I was really excited about because I got to really like, you know, make it exactly how I had imagined. And I ended up finding the perfect image that reminded me so much of Ella And then that picture, it actually didn't include the rocks or the birds or anything. So I kind of just added in those rocks to bring in that feel of the setting of the book. Well, that's really neat that you're a cover designer. It's what you do for a living and that Barbara allowed you the freedom to do that. So when you showed them the mock-up of the cover, what was their reaction to that? The first draft I sent them They had a few changes, a few tweaks that we did. But overall, as soon as we did those tweaks, they really liked it. Okay, yeah, I can see why they did. Because like I said, it's a beautiful cover for listeners. Like I'll say in the outro, go visit my website for more information. And there you'll see a picture of this absolutely gorgeous cover. And now I know who to call if I ever need a cover of my own because it's absolutely stunning. You're very, very talented. Thank you. (laughs) The book is set in Scotland, correct? England. It's in England. Okay, I'm sorry. I knew it was the British Isles somewhere. Did you travel to England to try to get the feel of what it was like and that kind of thing? No, I haven't. That's kind of on my bucket list. I would really like to do that. 
but I have watched videos and done a lot of research and obviously read a lot of fiction said there. So I think I, where I got it from was there is a Scottish servant in the book and his accent is so well done. How did you manage to write that without it being difficult to read? I've read books by people who, you know, maybe there's a Southerner in it, maybe it's a Civil War book and there's a Southerner in there and they try to write a Southern accent or something. And the way that they write it makes it almost impossible to read the book. It just really pulls you out of the fictional dream. How did you manage to accomplish that? Was that difficult to do? I had read a book and it was actually one of my favorite books and I can't think of the name of it now, but it was the whole series was set in Scotland and that author did it really well. Michael Phillips was the author. And so I kind of had remembered reading that series and that really helped me get the Scottish accent down pat. And did you watch a lot of videos or anything like that with people speaking with a Scottish accent to try to get the words and cadence right? Not really. No, I didn't do that. This book has been compared to a lot of different authors, one of them being Jane Austen, I think because it's set in the Regency era. Are you a big Jane Austen fan? Yes, big time. (laughs) Okay, so probably an unfair question here. What is your favorite Jane Austen book? Definitely Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) It's the best. Okay, good, good. A girl after my own heart. I love (laughs) that one. Now, have you seen a lot of the movies? Because there's so many different versions of it out there. Have you seen any of them? I've seen all of them. I've seen a couple movies of Pride and Prejudice. And then I've also watched Emma and not the new Emma, the one I think it was in 2009. And then the new persuasion that came out. So this is, I've posted this on social media before, uh, maybe even more than once, because I am a huge fan and I'm going to blank on the year that that Pride and Prejudice came out, but it's the one with Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Yes, that's my favorite one. So which is, that's your favorite. Okay. <laughs> I knew I liked you. <laughs> That movie is I mean, what inspired me to write in that time period, because as soon as Mr. Darcy started walking down the field with his cape, I was gone. <laughs> oh, I know. I That's what I was going to say. I mean, come on, Mr. Darcy <laughs> with his coat flapping in the breeze and walking across that misty moor. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. Good. You You've also been compared to Michelle Grieb, and that's sort of the first thing I thought of. What is it like to be compared to her? Well, that is definitely an honor because I love, love, love her book so much. <laughs> she is fabulous, and she sort of writes that gothic sort of feeling story the same as you, too. Yes, so. she does. She is a master of that. Everything cloaked in fog all the time and mist, so... If you enjoy Michelle Grieb, you're going to enjoy Hannah Linder for sure. Here's a question that, uh, well, you're a new author or a fairly new author to traditional publishing and you have an agent as I read, correct? Yes. So when Barbara decided to publish Beneath the Silence and your agent called you to let you know, tell us about that story and what that was like. So obviously I was very, very excited. 
it was kind of when she called me, it had literally been like 10 years since I had started writing. And so I really felt like, wow, this is this is a 10 year old dream coming true. So I was I was amazed and ecstatic. Very cool. That's always so much fun. You'll always remember just where you were and what you were doing when you get that call. Right. Uh, always very cool. And what was it like then to see your book in print and to hold it in your hands? That was pretty cool. <laughs> I got my <laughs> books and I was going to wait till I could do the professional unboxing video. And I was like, I can't wait. I'm just going to do it by myself without videoing it. And then I'll just do the unboxing video later. So I just took it in a room by myself and unboxed it. I was pretty excited. Yeah. Here's another question that I ask a lot of authors when I read their bios and find out that they quilt or they're into music or something like that. They have a different side to their creativeness, if you will, and and you're into photography and you're into graphic design and you're into music. Do you think that writers and creative people need more than one outlet for all their creativity? I think they do. Yeah, I definitely think so. It does seem to, it seems like that people who write also have another area that they like to express their creativity in as well. So, yeah. And it's nice sometimes, isn't it, to step away from the writing and do something a little bit different? Yes. Yes. For me, I really like, because where the writing is on the computer and my job is on the computer. I love doing things that are just away from the screen and they're hands-on kind of, it's relaxing for sure. And collecting historic articles of clothing, tell us sort of what do you collect and how do you get these pieces? So I've kind of liked to do this since I was little. I pretty much collect clothing, hats, gloves, anything that's ladies apparel from most different time eras. And then I also do, I kind of like, I use my photography with that too, because I do self-portraits in the different clothing from the different eras. So I have a little Instagram that I run with that. But yeah, I find them at antique malls. Sometimes I order things online. And then I also got a lot of my antique dresses from my granny, who was an antiquer. So I kind of just find them different places. Oh, that is so much fun. That is so cool. I don't know if ACFW, American Christian Fiction Writers, still does this, but it used to be that Thursday evening dinner was always optional, but you could dress like from the era that you write about. So I don't know if that's still the case or not. They do that at the Blue Ridge Writers Conference, which I go to most years. So they have a genre night, which is always lots of fun. I always enjoy that. Oh, I'm sure that would be a lot of fun. You live in an 1800s farmhouse. I just want to hear about how cool that is. (laughs) So this house, it was actually, it belonged to my grandparents and they bought it. The house was built in the 1880s and then my grandparents bought it in the 30s and they kind of built one and they raised my granddaddy here in this house. He was born in the upstairs bedroom. And so it's been in the family my whole life. And for probably the last eight years, I've kind of had my heart set on it. I just, I love old things. So, and this house has sentimental value. So 
But anyway, so last year it worked out that I could buy it. And so I went ahead and bought it and I live here and I love it. It's so pretty. Oh, that just sounds amazing to not only own a piece of history, but to own a piece of your family's history. That's just awesome. We just don't have that here in the U.S. I was in Greece last year and in France and Spain this year. And there you're seeing buildings from like, well, in Greece, they have all the Roman ruins. So it's from the time of Christ and that. And in Spain and France, they have churches from, you know, the year 1000. And we just don't have that history here in the U.S. So what we have, I think it's cool that it gets preserved. Right. Yes, me too. So I'm really hoping that even though this just released, that you have something else up your sleeves. Do you? And if so, can you tell us about it? Yes. So I have another Regency Romantic Suspense book called When Tomorrow Came, and it's releasing this April. Wow. Fun. So close together then. That's neat. If listeners would like to connect with you, how can they go about connecting with you? I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and BookBub, and Goodreads, and then I have a website and a newsletter. Okay, so you're all over the place. That's great. Shouldn't be too hard to find you then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any last words for the listeners? I don't think so. This has been lots of fun. Like I said, it's my first one, so I'm excited to be here and to do this. Well, it sure has been our pleasure to have you, and it has been a lot of fun for us as well. We wish you all the best of success with Beneath His Silence, and we will be looking forward to April when your next book comes out. Oh, great. Thank you. Well, that was so much fun to get to talk to Hannah and to get to learn a little bit more about her and about her book, Beneath the Silence. And I'm just tickled because she's going to make it big. She's too good of an author. And I can say that Christian Historical Fiction Talk was the very first podcast that she was on. What a absolute delight she was and such a thrill for me to be able to chat with her. If you'd like more information about Hannah or about her book, Beneath the Silence, then be sure to hop over to my website, LizTolsma.com. As always, you've heard me say this before, there will be more information about the book, about Hannah, and a handy link to purchase the book right there on my website. Just click on this episode, or if you don't see it on the homepage, just click on podcasts and it will be there. And you can also catch up on any that you may have missed. Next week, we have another fabulous author. This one is a more established author, a longer time author, and she's been with us before. I'm so excited to welcome her back to the show, and that is Laura France. She is going to be here talking about her soon-to-be-released book, The Rose and the Thistle. So I'm Super excited to get to chat with Laura and to find out more about her book. So I hope that in the meantime, between now and then, if you're not reading Beneath His Silence, that you pick up The Rose and the Thistle and get ready for our chat with Laura France. 
Thank you once again for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to the podcast and for your support for it. I do appreciate each and every one of you. Have a fabulous week, and we will see you next week for Laura Franz. 